This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network July 6, 2023. No phone calls the are being American taken at this time. It's become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must eat America back Hey, that's right, we must take America back Broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania Worldwide as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network And Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 5 Radio Patriot Nation Radio Network. I am Peter Seraphine, the host of this two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. Got a big show tonight. We got Brent Hamachek coming to join us at the bottom of this first hour, so roughly 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, 28 minutes from now. Uh, Brent Hamachek of humanevents.com, brenthamachek.com, and commongroundcampus.com. And then at the top of the second hour, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, we've got uh, Dave Summerall is going to join us. The Justice for J6 champion, Dave Summerall. But first, you get me for about 25 minutes. And you're already at least a minute into that. So you, you get to put up with me for 23, 24 minutes. This is a live call-in show, so your calls, questions, comments, and concerns are appreciated. 512-248-8252. I encourage absolutely. Toll free, it's 800-313-9443. I want to start out by talking about, uh, well, free speech. And the uh, the recent injunction that came out. Y'all remember, right? Like, think back. Get, get into the Wayback Machine. And go back to July 15. 2021. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with. Uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also created the COVID-19, the COVID Community Corps to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. And we're also investing, uh, as you all have seen, in the presidents, the vice presidents, and Dr. Fauci's time. Did you notice the flagging problematic posts for Facebook. <laughs> I noticed it. In fact, I noticed it that day when that went out. And that put up big red flags to me. As a matter of fact, I did one of my Liberty Minutes on that exact press conference the very next day. So again, uh, now we're at July 16, 2021. This is what I had to say that. I'm Peter Serpine. This is your Liberty Minute for Friday, day 488 of your free trial of socialism. 
the Biden administration is pushing social media companies to censor COVID misinformation. This is a clear and blatant violation of the First Amendment right to free speech. It does not matter if the information is true or false. The First Amendment protects your right to speak. The government cannot call for censorship. You have the right to lie and spread fake news just like the government does. If this is allowed to continue, how long will it be until your belief is labeled misinformation? Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin. Whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. Join me in cutting the fog of politics in the Liberty Lighthouse. All right, that's enough of that. So it was clear to me immediately that what the federal government was doing was unconstitutional. And again, like I said, it should have been clear to anybody who has ever read the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion, comma, or the prohibition or, or, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, semicolon, or abridging the freedom of speech, comma, or of the press, semicolon, or of the right to people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for a redress of their grievances. So, get out the uh, the religious stuff and the and the stuff that doesn't really matter in this conversation. Congress shall make no law respecting uh, or abridging the freedom of speech. Now, Congress shall make no law basically means government can't do it, and government can't do it doesn't mean that government has to find backdoor ways of doing it, like getting the social media platforms to do it for them. That's been proven over and over in courtrooms on a multitude of issues. So it was clear and blatant violation of our First Amendment. Now, it took two years. That was July of 2021. It is now July of 2023. And uh, we got a, a federal judge who has stepped up and done something about it. See, we got a, a, a lawsuit going on right now. Missouri versus Joseph R. Biden Jr., which was brought by the attorneys general of uh, Louisiana and Missouri against the Biden administration. And it names oh, many individual people as well as entire agencies as uh, the people being sued. Now, this judge has issued a preliminary injunction. If you don't know what that means, that means, hey, this hasn't gone to trial yet. There, is, there hasn't been a case yet. The judge has not heard the case yet. But there is enough evidence that this case will be successful that I am going to stop this action until the trial or until the hearing or whatever the case may be. So we got a Trump-appointed U.S. District Judge, Terry Doughty, 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 probably Doughty, from Louisiana. Federal District Court Judge from Louisiana stepped in and said that the, that the federal government cannot contact social media companies for the purpose of censoring our speech. Hallelujah, right? I mean, it took two years. 
which isn't long for a federal case. And that brings up another one of my concerns about this whole process. We'll come back to that. You would think that this judge was, was gutting our constitutionally protected rights if you listen to the people on MSNBC. Their heads are exploding. They think that they are losing their rights left and right. See, the people, the progressive people, the collectivist people, they have all got this idea that if you're, you know, spreading misinformation, then you're killing people. And that can't happen. But that view is directly contrary to the First Amendment that we just read. You can say what you want. It is your constitutionally protected right to lie if you want. And to give an idea of the the importance of free speech, like there's a lot of people that say if you don't have free speech, you're not free people. There's a lot of people that say, you know, free speech is in the First Amendment because it's the most important thing that there is. And that's probably true. But I've got three of my favorite free speech quotes. The right to think is the beginning of freedom. And speech must be protected from the government because speech is the beginning of thought. That was Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy. The right to think is the beginning of freedom. And speech must be protected against the government because it is speech that is the beginning of thought. Powerful stuff, if you ask me. One of my favorite free speech quotes is actually a misquote or a misattributed quote. It's often attributed to Voltaire. But it was actually Voltaire's biographer who put it in in, uh, a written biography of Voltaire. I may not agree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. And I mean that. I, I, that that's my, one of my all-time favorite quotes. Not just on free speech. One of my all-time favorite quotes about anything. And then one that became quite popular during the COVID phenomena was if freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. And that was George Washington. Free speech is the thing that needs protected more than anything in our country. And I've, I've said on my show, in my writings, I've said over and over again, it is the vile disgusting, hateful, fake speech, lies that need to be protected the most. It's easy to protect speech that you agree with. Anybody will do that. It's speech that you disagree with that you must protect. Now, you can refute it. You can argue. You can show they're wrong. But you have to protect it. 
you cannot take away the right to speak or you take away the freedom of man. Now, it's likely, according to Judge, what's his face? This Louisiana District Court Judge, uh, Daughtry, 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 I don't know, D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. Sorry, Your Honor. Um, according to him, this case is likely to succeed. And if this case succeeds, it's likely to become the most monumental free speech case in a hundred years or more in the United States. Now, when you take that and you couple it with the, uh, the Dobbs decision a little over a year ago or about a year ago, and the, the other two very recent Supreme Court cases that have the left side of the political aisles, heads exploding about this far-right extremist court. Oh, what? No, you can't just wave a magic wand and make everybody's student loans disappear, for example. You can't require 87% of the population to pay for the loans of the 13% that have them. You, oh, and you can't use race to decide college admissions. These are pretty big Supreme Court cases that have all come down within the last year. Three of them, well, two Supreme Court, one district court, three of them within the last week. Is this the beginning of the return of the Constitution? God, I hope so. I miss the Constitution. I miss the limited power that it provided, the protections that it provided to we the people. They've been gone for a long time, and I've missed it. One more thing about this Supreme Court, or this court-related stuff, this judicial branch discussion. Two years. A clear, obvious violation of the First Amendment rights of every American citizen was broadcast from the podium of the White House over, or almost, two years ago. It took 10 days shy of two years for a judge to actually do something about it. That's too long. I understand there's a process. You've got to start doing little courts and work your way through the big courts. and blah. But that's too long. What if it had been, you know, what if it had been, you know, cutting off the hands of redheaded people how many hands would have been cut off in that two years before it made it into the courts? I don't know what to do about that. I don't know how to speed that process up. I don't know how to get our courts to solve the glaring, obvious issues faster. But that's what we need to do. 
I would absolutely love to hear your questions, comments, and concerns about any of this judicial branch stuff that's been going on. I think it's been great for, well, at least the last week. It's been pretty great. Area code 512-248-8252 is the call in line. I'd also love to hear from, I don't know, maybe there's an attorney out there listening that might have an idea of how we can speed this process up. We should not have to wait two years for us to get our constitutional rights returned to us when it is so blatantly obvious that they've been taken away. And the other thing, what about our losses as people on the right side of the political aisle that were victims of this censorship by the White House? I mean, there were some big names that were there pointed out specifically, like the White House was saying, you need to cancel Tucker Carlson, for example. There was other individual comments and memes and things that had that they wanted done. But there's also people like me. Like, I had, I don't know, two or 300 YouTube followers, and my YouTube cancel got deleted. Channel got deleted. It was gone. I lost all those followers. Now I'm starting over again. Had thousands of TikTok followers when that account was deleted for violating medical misinformation guidelines that were all proven to be true. I think everything I have said about COVID has been proven to be true. But but first, <sighs> help me out and help yourself out. I want you to go to the wellness company. Pick up a, your phone or a computer and go to the wellness company, twc.health, twc.health. From there, you can get a great American-made, like high-quality American-made supplements. You can also get prescriptions, deal with pharmacists and pharmacies and doctors, all at twc.health. And these are not woke doctors that have been sucked into the medical establishment. These are doctors who stood up for your medical freedom during the COVID nonsense. So that's twc.health. And use code Lighthouse when you're there. And then it'll save you a couple of dollars. And I, I actually think everybody should go out and get one of the memberships to twc.health. And you'll get yourself some of that access at discounted rates and those supplements at discounted rates. There's all kinds of great stuff at twc.health. Use code Lighthouse. It's time to make George Orwell fiction again. Jerry in Chicago on line one. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Well, thank you, Peter, for taking my call. Hey, I just wanted to mention something about this judicial process uh, with the Supreme Court. They are there to decide whether it's constitutional or unconstitutional. But the question is, is that when when the Constitution was written, what, what was the uh, uh, law dictionary of the time? Uh, Black's Law, number two, one, three, I, I, I don't know. What are they reading now for the definition of the words? See, that, that's a great point. Um, 
the uh, I had a discussion with one of my more liberal friends recently about the Second Amendment, and I was going through, and I, I, I referenced a recent case. It was the, um, uh, the, the Lloyd Brunson case, and not the Second Amendment, the Lloyd Brunson case, where I had Lloyd on the show last week, and I, I, uh, I brought this up, and I brought it up to say, this is really interesting. And it turned into a discussion that morphed into the Second Amendment and the definitions of words. As a constitutional originalist like myself, I say that they go to uh, there's a you know the the seventeen eighty version of Webster's dictionary and look up words. But and, and sometimes they do. You can look at uh, in the Dobbs decision, if you look, they went back to freaking middle uh, medieval times and went to what the you know the quickening and all that kind of stuff. Uh, trying to find the, the point of life. They do look back at historical meanings of words if they're on the right side of the political aisle or constitutionally leaning. They, if they believe in the, the constitutional originalist concept, they look back at the words then. Because using the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia, well, what is a militia? People today would think, well, it's like the National Guard. But back then, the militia was basically every able-bodied man between 18 and retirement. And then well-regulated. Well, that, they didn't have regulation the way that we have regulation today. The federal government didn't write rules about every bloody thing on the planet. Re- well-regulated meant practiced and drilled and, you know, just good with their arms. So, yes. Okay. Any of these yep. courts should look back to what words meant when they were written. And if you can't find it in a dictionary, almost every bit of this stuff had was debated in each of the states, or 12 of the 13 states at the time, when they had the ratification debates. They, they tore apart the Constitution and then went back and tore apart the, the Bill of Rights. And they debated damn near every line of it at the state level. And you can see from that what the words meant at the time. Okay, I will agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Um, geez, it, it's it, like I say, I don't think they're interpreting the right language that was used when it was written. But if you listen to Obama, or you listen to um, Bush, it's just a damn piece of paper. Uh huh. You know, and, and no. This this is what we set our our whole country on, and eh, you, you know it's it's the it's unbelievable that it's I gotten can... this bad, and nobody has stood up and said enough is enough. I you know, and here's the other thing too: you got rules, regulations, statutes, codes, policies, revisions, acts, mm-hmm. mandates. Okay. Most those of those laws. are not laws. Most of those did not go through Congress and therefore are unconstitutional. Absolutely. And, and they're being broken at every level of government, whether it be city, township, county, state, federal. I completely agree. And that's why I do this show. That's why I do my writings. That's why I do everything that I do. Because we need to get back to the Constitution as it was intended, not the Constitution as we uh, perceive it today. Hey, Jerry, i got to let you go. All right, man. Thank you. 
Thank you very much for your call. I greatly appreciate it. We got uh, Leodent on in in the Twitch chat room says that constitutional violation should go straight to the Supreme Court. I'd like I I like that idea, but unfortunately, the Supreme Court they only take like I don't know seventy cases a year or something like that. They would not have time to uh, to hear every case that went straight to them that way. We got Pat in Fort Worth on line three, but I'm going to have to ask you to hold on, Pat. We'll get to you at the other side of the commercial break because uh, we've got like maybe 60 seconds until we get there. And when we come back on the other side, we also are going to have Brent Hemacek from BrentHemacek.com, HumanEvents.com, Common Ground Campus. And uh, let's hear. So yeah, Brent and Pat on the other side of the break. Be back in three minutes. Around the clouds What goes up Must come down I'm proud to be partnering with Cedar Mill Fine Firearms. Cedar Mill Fine Firearms does some of the coolest firearms cases you'll find anywhere. Have you ever wanted to carry your AR-15 discreetly? How about a rifle case that looks like a guitar case until you open it up? Go to cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE the next time you're looking for a cleaning kit or a case to carry your firearms. That's cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. If you call yourself a conservative, I have a question for you. What are you trying to conserve? The $29 trillion national debt? and the continued out-of-control spending, the status quo of a bloated and corrupt federal government, the deterioration of a moral society. Become a constitutionalist. Conserve the unalienable rights of we the people and the document that is supposed to restrict our government and protect our rights. Support the Constitution Party, the only nationally recognized political party that stands for the founding principles of the U.S. Constitution. Every point of the Constitution Party platform is tied directly to that founding document which made the United States a great nation. Learn more, join, and support the Constitution Party at ConstitutionParty.com or your state's Constitution Party website. This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network, July 6, 2023. No phone calls are being taken hey, at this back. time. I'm Peter Serafine. Please remember to support free speech. You can support this network, support this show. Go to their websites, donate to them. Uh, we got republicbroadcasting.org, mojo50.com, both of which have places where you can donate. You can also use their promo codes. Use my promo codes. Help us all out. My promo code just about everywhere is Lighthouse. So if you're going to buy something online, just try the code Lighthouse and see if it works. Uh, let's see. We got we got Pat in Fort Worth on line three. But first, I want to bring Brent into the conversation. Welcome to the show, Brent Hemacek. Where do you go when you want the truth about current human events? You go to Brent Hemacek over at humanevents.com, brenthamacek.com, and over on Common Ground Campus. And now, welcome into studio, Brent Hamachek. Welcome into studio, Brent Hamachek. It's good to be back. I always enjoy the, the half hour here each month. I live month to month just for this half hour. I appreciate it. Now, so we were talking about the, a lot of the Supreme Court. As sometimes happens with live broadcasts, I had some technical difficulties. Just out of nowhere, I lost my internet connection. This went on for 
I don't know, roughly a minute while I'm frantically like hitting my task manager and doing everything I can to get it back up and running. Then the producer chimes in, starts talking to the guest and figure out what's going on. But then I come back. So just bear with me. Hi, Brent. Can you hear Peter? I think he froze up on us. He he did freeze up and no, I can't hear. Uh, There's no motion. Lost him. Well, stand by, everybody. Yeah. We'll see if we can grab him, get him back in here. Peter, you're going to have to reconnect, I believe. I'll just... Yeah, nobody wants to just hear me talk. <laughs> here he comes. There I'm you back. go, Peter. There yeah. you are. I don't know what, what the heck happened that time. Normally, I get a little warning. My computer starts buffering and all kinds of weird stuff. This time, it's just boom, gone. Not a, not a problem. We complain about this technology thing until we stop for a minute and realize what it's doing. You and I, however many miles apart, speaking over air in real time right? Yeah. with video. So I think we should just uh, count our blessings and say we're glad you're back. Yeah. All right. I well, thought I was uh, going to have to host your show for a minute. You can do that. You know, I'm, I'm going to be gone, uh, I think, in like two weeks. I'm, I'm taking, the, taking a night off. You can host host that night if you want to. Oh, good, goodness. I don't know that your audience would be ready for me there. That'd be quite a drop in level. But, uh, <laughs> let's, see, let's see how I do as a guest here tonight. We'll go from there. All right. Well, I don't know what you heard or didn't hear, but we, okay. we were talking about um, the uh, a, a lot of the, the recent – conservative-leaning court decisions that have come out recently, but, right. but they, they're taking a really long time. Like, this last, you know, temporary injunction, or preliminary injunction, I mean, that was two years ago when that happens. Do we have to really put off for two years uh, before we get our constitutional rights back? And we now have, like, three people on the phone. So you want to answer some phone questions while you're here? Oh, sure. I love I always love that. All right. So uh, let's see. First, I think it's Pat in Fort Worth on line three. Hi. Uh, I-, I wanted to tell you about one of the ones that happened this week. Uh, it was 303 Creative versus E-L-E-N-I-S. The lady's name is Laura Smith from Colorado. Lori and the web uh, designer, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't talk about that one. You're right. That was another big one that I, I completely forgot oh, to, to mention. Defending freedom, and the only thing I know about them is is that uh, they're pretty well known in the Supreme Court, uh, and and they, uh, you know, they handled the baker who wouldn't uh, make yep. the uh, gay cake cake. Because see, all these people, they can go to anybody they want to, but they want to go to the Christians because of main thing is to take them out because they don't agree with your lifestyle. That's right. it. I mean, and, and uh, that's one thing. And another, well, I'll let you go because you probably got a bunch of people that have questions too. But I was I real proud. I was real proud of that one. I really Thanks, was. Wait a minute. Let me I'm, ask, let, let me ask you. Uh, you you gave T W C Health. You're coming to garbled all of a sudden. I don't know what happened. Uh, T W C Health, the wellness company. Yes, the wellness company. You 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 dwindled off when you gave us the uh, code. Uh, co- uh, you know, 
lighthouse. Okay, I'll, I'll let you go. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. So, Brent, um, I, 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 here's, I'm going to tell you my opinion about discrimination and, as, sure. as a business owner, and I'd like to hear your opinion of it. Sure. And and I'm, I'm this might make me an asshole, but it is this is how I feel about it. I think you as a business owner should be able to discriminate all you want. But you should you should have to put a big fat sign in front of your business and says what you're discriminating against. If you want to have a no gays, you put a no gay sign out or no blacks or no whatever, and you know you discriminate, and then other people are just not going to go to your place, and you're not going to be in business for very long. Well, look, this is this is a way more complicated issue, I think, than than we make it. And we live in now in this binary world. And I think we've talked about it on other broadcasts. And uh, so your audience knows something to look forward to. I'm in the process. I'm really, really honored and thrilled that I'm writing a book with Mel Kay. And what we're doing is we're putting together a 12-step program for an American political recovery and uh, trying to get people to realize that we've become addicted to conflict. Mm-hmm. And we need to address that and work through that problem. One of the things that happens when you're addicted to conflict is your brain starts to crave it. And so you make everything a binary issue. And that way you can be on one side and you can hate everybody on the other. I think this issue with the web designer is complicated. And I'll be unpopular here with, with maybe some of the audience. And I'm not against the decision. I get the decision. And, you know, that, that particular case had a particular owner who had views that it wasn't just that she wouldn't, you know, uh, make a cake for a transgender couple or something. That wasn't it. It was she was reserving her right to not make a cake and put things on it where she disagreed with the message that was being sent. Mm-hmm. So properly understood, it was a First Amendment rights case. The court took it on that way. And I think their opinion was was appropriate. But. You know, we we had a movement back in the 50s and 60s that led to, uh, you know, folks being arrested for sitting at lunch counters and fire hoses being turned on people in the streets. I happen to know one of the ladies who is one of those protesters. And she said to me a few years ago in a nice, soft voice, you know, getting hit with a fire hose really actually hurts a lot. You know, kind of soft spoken about it. But they engaged in civil disobedience because because of the color of their skin, uh, they were being turned away from places, business places and other places. And uh, they were saying enough that it shouldn't be a criteria. And so I don't believe in the slippery slope argument at all. I think it's silly. I think we're grownups and we can draw lines and we can make distinctions. But I do want to challenge the audience a little bit to ask the question that we used to wear on bracelets and that is, you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And it's a really interesting question to ask because most of the vitriol that comes from the, the Christian world, and not, by the way, I've studied theology at the graduate level. So I'm not just speaking, you know, off the top of my head. Uh, I'm informed reasonably. Uh, much of the vitriol comes from the writings of Paul. Right. So we don't really find in the Gospels. We find it coming from Paul. That's fine. It's part of the, the, you know, he's part of the New Testament. On the other hand, we have to look back and say that 
Paul and Peter didn't agree on a whole variety of different uh, issues in the early days of Christianity. They even had to call a council in Jerusalem, I think, to get together. Paul with some of the remaining apostles and say, hey, let's sort out this Jew-Gentile thing. Why do I bring it all up? Because I think it's really, really worthwhile in the context of us drawing lines in our lives over our Christian faith to stop for a minute and ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? And it could be that a reasonable person and a good Christian would conclude that Christ wouldn't make the cake. It's just as reasonable for a Christian to conclude that he would. And so I just think that that's a healthy way to view this with a bit of a jaundiced eye and a raised eyebrow and a little bit of care to say, are we following really what we think might be God and Christ's will? Are we following our own? Are we uh, really convicted here about something? Or are we looking for a chance to have a binary issue and then go after the people we don't agree with. So it's just a thought, um, and I hope people aren't offended at its suggestion. Yeah, I, I think more times than not, it's probably the latter. You're, you you picked your team side, and that's all there is to it. We got Melissa in Maryland on line one. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hi there. Do you mind a change of subject? Sure. Okay, because I can call back if you would prefer, you know, or... We can postpone this if you want to. So here's the question that I pitched to you. Um, you know what 3G and 4G and 5G phone service is, yes? I don't know sure. the technology behind it, but I get the general idea. Right, same. Okay. Well, I wonder, since 3G is becoming no longer available, maybe it is available some places, but it's just... You know, it's it's not really available any longer. Many have been forced off of 3G, even if they prefer to use it. My question is, how do you uh, keep the 4G phone service going, and how would we find out if there's a minimum number of users to keep the 4G phone service going, and how many users there are, et cetera? What are the directions on keeping the 4G phone service going? Outside of my bandwidth, if I can do that that very bad uh, joke. So I'm sorry, I can't help, but our host, I think, knows everything. So <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I, 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 can, I can handle a bad joke if you want to go ahead and, and give it. I can handle no, I it. I don't know that everybody else can. No, I just said it's outside my bandwidth. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have any idea. Um, it sounds like the kind of thing that is tailor-made for a good online chat room of informed users. Um, mm. I seem to be able to find those folks to help me with just about every question I can find. And so I'm sure there's an answer to that one. My, my mm. head goes to the business side of it. And in the, uh, you know, if I'm the, the, the people running the company and I've spent millions, if not billions of dollars, putting up the 5G t towers and trying to migrate everybody over to 5G, I don't want to maintain two or three different systems. I want to maintain one system just it just makes more monetary sense so i personally i i i doubt if i doubt you would ever be able to stop them from forcing you onto the newer system just because it's just because it makes monetary sense to the business to only yeah. make, maintain one 
But, so, I, I, well, but you, you do bring up a good point. If you have enough people who refuse to buy 5G phones and, and the business is faced with the choice of either lose them as customers entirely or maintain two systems, it might make more sense to them to maintain both systems. Yeah, I, you know, I, wonder, I would like to you make know, a, go ahead. I was just going to make the comment. I wonder what their number for 3G was because they did manage to force us off of 3G, at least in some places. And then, of course, you have the equation which makes sense that, you know, if you get inferior service with 3G and you pay amount, the same amount for 4G, that you might as well, you know, switch over. But some of us are insisting upon retaining our 4G and would like to know if there is an effortless, reasonable, proactive step that we can take to do it. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer. Don't have an answer. A quick general thought, though, up one level from the question, but related. I, I think one of the things I hear a lot, and I'm sure you do, is the concern people have for technology changes, surveillance, monitoring, capture of data, even some health threats from a 5G perspective. And I I don't know how much of that is true. I don't know if anybody knows how much of it is true. Uh, I do know some really intelligent, thoughtful people who believe that there's some health risks. That said, you have to balance it against the notion of, you know, we've got what? 70, 80, 90 good years here, whatever it is for any of us. And so there's there's a balance between reasonable caution and reasonable concern and then being so concerned about technology that you start to alter your life to the point of having it not be the life you could have lived. So, again, it's almost like the the thought I was giving you about the Supreme Court decision just urged people to use a little bit of balance in the thought process when you take a look because on the internet there's tons of frightening information about everything having to do with technology i've said on your show i think the biggest story almost in american history is our move towards national digital currency Mm -hmm. that's a big deal and that should terrify everybody but short of that other issues just use some judgment and think about your own life and say how important is this really to be concerned about and try to try to just smile and have a good time. Thanks for your call, Melissa. We got a okay. Uh, Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody over in the Facebook chat room says there are definite health risks. Check out Amin Jabi and his information on tech inside of Silicon Valley. I don't know. I it's not something. Yeah, I like, like I said. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I said. There's a lot of very smart people who aren't insistent upon it. I get it. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just saying you know it's like the old george carlin joke about saliva causes cancer but only if swallowed in small amounts over a long period of time (laughs) so you know i don't know of course i'm old right i'm near the end anyway so it doesn't really uh the the old studies about like saccharin and and all that kind of stuff where they injected rats with like a hundred years of human sized doses right into a you know eight ounce rat or whatever it was of course it caused cancer that's insane uh sarah in oregon on line five welcome to the show sarah hi you hi, know sarah. The, you know that the free speech isn't free share the show out and also 
if you're if you want to discriminate, you can go ahead, but put a sign there. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Sarah. Right. Well, I mean, and, and I get that, and that, that was a suggestion that you made as well. And I know it's a serious, thoughtful one to put the sign out. And and I'm just suggesting before you put the sign out, check your premises. Because right. we used to have signs out that said no colors. Right. And I right. think we've we've advanced, and I'm not, by the way, for a minute. I don't know that anybody can be more outspoken about the transgender movement than I am. You can be just as outspoken, but not more so. And uh, so it's not like I'm supporting it or advocating it. But it's not for religious reasons. Um, I'll let God sort that part of it out. Um, it is because in my mind, it's the first movement we've ever seen in American history that has parents voluntarily, voluntarily physically harming their children. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's against our nature. And then somebody will call in and say, well, I, the, no, the parents don't know. The schools don't tell them. The doctors don't tell them. I understand that. I know people firsthand where the parents willingly went along with it. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about it being snuck around the parents. Uh, so I get it, right? It's, I think it's a very serious thing. When you're able to instigate a movement, and like all movements, it's driven by hate. All movements to be successful have to be hate-driven. It's the only way to rally enough people. And we've seen tons of them in our history. Never one, never, where parents voluntarily physically harm their children. So it's serious stuff. But if you're not going to make them a cake, just think about your motives and what's really going on here and ask what Jesus would do. I don't know what Jesus would do, right? And my guess might be different from yours, um, but it's a thought. I agree. All right. Uh, let's see here. Right to bear arms. Uh, I, I carry a firearm just about everywhere I go. And if you own a firearm, I highly recommend that you get some carry insurance to protect yourself from both the civil and legal liabilities. Right to bear insurance is the one I recommend. It is the most affordable carry insurance on the market, according to Pew Pew Tactical, at $11 a month. Starts at $11 a month. And if you use code LIGHTHOUSE at protectwithbear.com, you'll save 10% off of that $11 a month, making it even more affordable. That's code LIGHTHOUSE at protectwithbear.com. I think the Supreme Court did well with, with both the cake baker and the web designer because they looked at both of those cases as Mm -hmm. speech related cases and compelling speech. You can, you know, not only do you have the right to say whatever you wish to say, but you also have the right to refuse to say something that you don't believe. Both the web designer and the cake baker are using their art form in order to send a message. That's speech. Right. One of the things that's interesting to think about is if, um, and again, I'm not suggesting this either. These are just things for people to sort of consider. Um, One of the things to consider about this is if you'd like to see this movement start to subside, perhaps in some ways, the answer is make them the cake. Your first caller called in and I, I think made a really good point you know they said look you don't have to go to this cake baker you can go somewhere else you don't have to go to the mm-hmm. web designer you can go to someone else why did they do it then well of course they went there to pick a fight that's mm-hmm. why they went they didn't go because they needed a website design and these were the best people or or it's the only person in town who can make a cake the right way 
No, they went there to, to make a fight. So don't give them one. And yeah. that can be an effective tactic sometimes, not all the time. So uh, it's, it, it is, I can't stress enough, it is about not being reflexive and binary in our thought processes about every situation we encounter. And, uh, and I do frankly find it most disturbing in the Christian political movement. Because this general question I threw out to you right away about what would Jesus do, we have a lot of people in this country running around telling people what Jesus would have them do. And I think if you're a real Christian, you already know, and I'd be very suspect of anybody standing on a stage or talking to you on the Internet or soliciting you through an email, telling you this is what you have to do in God's name. Uh, Listen to yourself, not to the people that are doing it. Because, by the way, every single person that's doing that is making money doing it. Yeah. And I wonder what Jesus would say about that. Yeah, that's a really interesting, thought-provoking question there. I have one per show. <laughs> said, I'm done. I mean, we've got 10 minutes left or so, so I, it's going to be mostly dead air because I just used up my quota of good stuff. All right, well, what, do, what have you been up to? Uh, like, Common Ground Campus, where, where are you going next? Where were you... Where have you been? We're, uh, yeah, so we're we're in we're in summer break, but uh, we're in the process of having a foundation formed up behind us in support of our efforts. So very soon we'll be reaching out to the public for ways to make donations that are you know hopefully tax deductible. Check with your accountant uh, in support of what we're trying to do, and so that continues. And uh, my partner, who I always mention, uh, Felissa Blazek, is working really hard. Uh, behind the scenes to make all these good things happen. And um, and then for your audience, I think they'll be really interested in the book that I mentioned I'm writing with Mel Kay. And, and I, I, you know, your audience, they probably all know who Mel is for sure, and probably half your audience or more watches her. Here's what I can tell you about her behind her back in public. She is an extraordinary lady. Her integrity is matched by her intellect, so she dots both eyes, and uh, she's, it's really just a treat uh, to work with her. I'm thrilled that she asked me. I have no idea why she asked me. She could have probably asked just about anybody that uh, can pick up a pen, and they would have done it with her, but I'm grateful, and it's our opportunity to try to show Americans a better way and to, um, as Mel says, to leave their R's and D's at the church door and go down in the basement and just engage with each other. And uh, so our book is going to be designed both to share thoughts and ideas and how we got to this place and steps to work through, but we're also going to have specific things at the end of every chapter to say, look, if you want to take what you just read and, and you're maybe forming a group in your neighborhood or your community or something— and you want to have people have an opportunity to join in, here's some stuff you can do, right? Either individually out on your own or together in a room or together as a group in public. So uh, it's it's part book to read and it's part manual to use. Uh, should be out uh, well before this year is out. Again, at my age, I'm in a hurry. Uh, Mel, Mel has more time than I do. But um, it's a worthwhile project. And when it does come out, if you keep having me back, I look forward to the month and the not too distant future when we're able to talk about it in detail. Well, I, I like how you did that with, you know, it, 
two-step process, like, you know, here's something to read, and, oh, by the way, there's tools in it, too. Yes. Um, I, uh, I I have written a bunch of things, just a bunch of, like, articles, blog posts, whatever you want to call them, just in the last few days. And I, one of them, and I can't remember if it's one that I've already posted or one that, that will be posted soon, um, I have in it at the end, it's like, you know, here, here are some of the things that we can do to get this back. Um, it's uh, Oh, here it is. It's the one that it just posted on July 4th. It's reclaiming constitutional governments, uh, streamlining the federal government and, and uh, to its authorized agencies. And we've got, uh, you know, sustainability and sunset, get, get government to, like, put sunset provisions in more of our laws and more of the creation of these things so that we figure out where they go. And, and at the end of that sunset, did it work? And you know, there's like five ideas in there, things that we can we could do to help. And that's really hard to come up with these these ideas. It's really hard to come up with with solutions. It's easy to sit behind a microphone or behind a keyboard and complain, but coming up with ideas on how to fix things is is difficult. Right. You're you're right. And hats off to you. You know that that idea of sunsetting. You, you know, think about it. Uh, contracts have expirations or they have automatic renewals that can be stopped by a party, you know, 30 or 60 days ahead of time. What is the law? It's a contract made with the people. So your idea, uh, novel and consistent with other notions of contracts. I think it's original and creative. I like it. And, uh, yeah, we, we've got to get to the point where we stop just sitting in the chair in our living room holding our phones and posting crap on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. I mean, you got two things on TikTok as near as I can tell. You got hateful, stupid stuff, and then you have like pet tricks. And I, I don't know. Uh, you got that really naked girls. Yeah, I suppose, I, I guess. I, I wouldn't recognize one if I saw one at this point. But the, <laughs> the, the, the point is that you know, just be part of the solution. I mean, I think I say it on your show every time, and we're running out of time, so I'll say it one more time. You know, I'm, I'm proud of Phyllis and I. We're doing something, right? We're not just sitting back and doing something. Right. Well, thank you very much, Brent Hamachek. Lynn in Maryland and Patrick in Texas, please stay on the line. We'll get to you on the other side of this commercial break. Brent, we'll see you next month. Be back in thank three you. minutes. Be back. Meal delivery kits are very convenient, but man, are they expensive. And that's where every plate comes in. Every plate is only $4.99 a portion. If you go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash everyplate, I'll get you a great introductory offer, knocking that first box down to $1.79 a portion, and then $3.99 a portion for the next two boxes. 
saving you $62 just for trying EveryPlate. That's liberty-lighthouse.com slash EveryPlate. The next time you're looking for audio equipment, I want you to think M-A-O-N-O. That's right, Mayono.com is quality audio equipment at affordable prices. The Mayono Caster that I use for all of my broadcasting is one-third of the price of the more famous alternative on the market. Microphones, stands, cables, headphones, audio interface equipment, all at Mayono.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at M-A-O-N-O.com. This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network, July 6, 2023. No phone calls are being taken at this time. It's become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must take America back That's why we must take America back Welcome back to the top of the second hour of National Intel Report Live on Republic Broadcasting Network Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio and Patriot Nation Radio Network and anywhere else you find the program and just so you know, I'm back on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com at liberty-lighthouse. Uh, this is the first one that should be live streaming to YouTube since I went back on there. Let's check that out while I'm talking. Um, going to give it another shot. I, I, I'm not thrilled that I chose to do this, but uh, I did. I did it mostly for my own website. It's a, I can connect my website to YouTube and have the videos there. It's a lot easier than trying to upload them individually or anything like that. So I did it on my own convenience, and uh, no, maybe I won't get deleted this time. We'll see. We're supposed to have Mr. Dave Summerall with us, but he hasn't joined us yet, and we've got a couple of people on the phone, so we'll go to them next. Lynn in Maryland on line one. Welcome to the show. Lynn, all right. No, Lynn. You hear me? Go back. Hey, there you go. Now I hear you. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate it, Peter. And um, your guest name is Brent, right? Brent. Yes. What was his last name? So when his book comes out, I'll know. Hamachek. H a m a. H a m a c h e k. Okay. All right. I would have had it one letter off. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, when it comes to 5G, et cetera, and the Internet, what I always want to argue for is my civil rights to not participate in any way, shape, or form to be able to access telephone numbers and information. And I've yet to win that fight. So um, that being what it is, um, I started researching about that, and I lived on the Internet, and I, you know, I'm not ignorant. I can code. I built websites. Um, I also learned way too much and know how hazardous it's going to end up. But one of the things, um, and I'm sorry I missed Brett in case he's listening, um, years ago I asked God to show me anything that was wrong in my life, 
and that wasn't the reason I was calling, but since it came up while I was listening, um, I'd been in 12-step programs for 30 years, and I was doing research on Christian cults, and AA stuff kept coming up, AA web pages, and I mean, I'd be sitting there thinking, yeah, disgruntled alcoholics who can't stay sober, you know, and I didn't look at them, didn't look at them, and they kept coming up, coming up, coming up, so you might want to check out Orange's website for a start. And it's like, how did I not know this? How did I not know that Rockefeller... I mean, I've read the big book up teen zillion times, you know. Rockefeller funded the big book of AA for Pete's sake. You know? And I knew that stuff about Rockefeller. Okay, but that isn't the reason I called. Um, when it comes to the website, and I do have a question. Did the Baker's case come up a second time? Or no, were you the, just uh, referring to the first case? No, they were, they were referring to the first case because it had an, had a, uh, a a great similarity to the yeah. web design. Okay, case. okay, because that one was more of a technicality and not because of any you know personal objections. But be that as it may, the website creator, though, what I found out, the person who supposedly. And, and it's like, this just aggravates me to death, because how do you get a case right up to the Supreme Court? Don't you have a defendant? You know, where, where was this person all along? It turns out the guy had no idea, and he's not gay. And he never requested to have a website built. No. The, so how the did he get all the way up to the Supreme Court? The the website one was because they passed a law in, um, I, I forget where it was now, Colorado? Colorado. Yeah, they, they passed a law that you couldn't discriminate. And I don't even, it, it somehow they managed to, to get a hypothetical in front of the courts. No, and, no. She actually named a person in her case and even showed a picture of the guy. Oh. And the guy didn't know it. <laughs> and he's not gay he's married to, to a woman okay and then when it comes to the religious stuff I'd recommend a book The Family by Jeff Charlotte S-H-A-R-L-E-T because my whole thing was learning about the Council for National Policy well actually they fall under the family who was who sponsors the National Prayer Breakfast and you know and, and place footsies with dictators all over the world. And they have their own form of Christianity, which has taken over our churches in the past 40, 50 years. Okay. That's lovely. Thank Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things, I remember being on a prayer call years ago, and it had to do with the baker and the florist. And I'm like, but, you know, if you have a business, how do you say you're not? Now, I could actually, I wouldn't want to be a photographer. You know, I mean, I'm like, ooh, yuck. And I'm sorry, it's just my thing. So I, I'd have to say, you know, I can pick and choose who I want to photograph their wedding. But if you've applied for a business license, there are laws. So, I mean, okay, got to the Supreme Court, so you can choose for religious reasons to, to, to say that that's not to your liking. But, but I think we, we, we have to be careful. It's like, because I remember as a kid when there were signs that said, we don't serve blacks. You know, when I just, 
you know, I wouldn't want to do that. Then yet, you know, certainly shoes and shirts are required for men and women, and there's no inappropriate behavior in my restaurant, you know. You're, you're going to be added there if you're acting inappropriately, whether you're heterosexual or homosexual. You know, no, be careful, behave yourself. So, but it would be tough to be a business because, you know, there's some things that would be really offensive, but putting just the topper on top of a cake, I wouldn't have a problem with that. You know, I may not yeah. agree with it, but I don't have to sit there and be involved in the wedding for that. And right. besides that, you can place the topper on there with, when you get the cake to your reception. You know? <laughs> thank There's, you. Thank you very much. Th- thank I you very much for your you, call. Peter. You always have thought-provoking program, and I'm grateful. Why, thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you. Um, there's, there's a lot of reasons I wouldn't want to be a business owner today. The regulations where you got federal and state regulating every freaking thing. One, one example I heard just recently on another radio program was, was the idea of, of uh, handicapped parking spaces. So, you know, whatever state has a rule or the federal government, the rule of how many handicapped parking spaces that you have to have in your parking lot based on the total number of parking spaces that you have. Um, even if those parking spaces are absolutely never used, even if your business is something that no disabled or handicapped person could possibly take advantage of, you still have to have handicapped disabled parking in front of your place. Like there's uh, what's the, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. A lot of the laws that are there were made for good purposes, but they, they're, you know, one size fits all, cookie cutter. Everybody has to do it this way. But that's all there is to it. You do it my way, or you get out. And that's just wrong. Patrick in Texas, line three. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Hi, Peter. Um, the, uh, the Seventh Amendment. You're talking about the Constitution. Um, and uh, in suits of common law, the right to trial by a jury uh, will be maintained. Uh, and some like exceed twenty dollars, uh, and um, uh, the judge, you know, can rule by himself. That's uh, so. That's uh, they didn't like all the, uh, you know, the judges, you know, just basically, you know, dominating. So they kept them to twenty dollars, and that was the uh, the idea there. Uh, so what's up with all this summary judgment? Uh, like Michael Gaddy talked about it, you know, where uh, this Missouri judge. You know, uh, said that you know that uh, states' rights doesn't apply. It's actually the supremacy clause overrides it, and uh, he may just make it out of his hand. You know, that's summary. He called it summary judgment. Uh, so did Jim Fetzer. Professor Jim Fetzer talked about summary judgment when he, uh, he said that's the biggest wrong in law right now. So, and then uh, there is Attorney General William Barr. He was speaking in the, uh, at, the, at the podium in the uh, Federal Society. He said, equity law is unconstitutional. Now, equity law, they took English common law and maritime law and mixed it and come up with equity whenever you don't have a, you know, a, a clear uh, fine or penalty. He can just ad lib. And um, so uh, they give him a lot of power. You know, uh, it's unconstitutional, according to Attorney General Barr, his own video. Um, so, one way they get their jurisdiction is uh, is you hire an attorney. You give him power of attorney. 
he will call the judge and give him and accept any ruling he comes down with and give him jurisdiction. And so it's kind of an insight to how they do their dirty trick. Um, and then, um, you know, these are, these are on page 99 of uh, Federal Judge Dale, uh, Great American Adventure. These corporate laws are called statutes, and their control is deceptively obtained by consent uh, by civil con- uh, by civil contracts. So he's saying there, this is, this is a statutory law, and you're giving them consent by your civil contracts. Okay, so um, here it is, page uh, 13, the uh, Uniform Commercial Code. Um, court decisions are based on commercial law or, or business law and in criminal penalties associated with it. Rather than openly calling this new law Maritime Admiralty Jurisdiction, it's called statutory, statutory law. So this, this statutory law is actually commercial law, and it's actually this uniform commercial code that they drew up, you know, during the, war, the Second World War, and they passed it six weeks after he killed John F. Kennedy. So this is what's going on under the surface. Everybody else thinks that everything's just fine when it is, it is absolutely not. Uh, they, uh, they're, 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 they're deceiving you through their civil, you know, deceptive civil contracts, through they create these, uh, you know, the equity courts. They, they, they deceive us all the time. They, they deceive us all the time. So let's go back to where you started. You started with the Seventh Amendment, where trial by jury shall be maintained in cases in uh, you know worth twenty bucks. Um, something to note that twenty dollars in seventeen eighty seven is almost seven hundred dollars today. Now, granted, it wasn't changed. It, there was no nothing in there about tying it to inflation or anything like that. So twenty dollars is what it is, unless somebody changes it. But right. it was not yes. it was not as low a bar back then as it is today. You're right. They do deceive us. They trick us out of our rights often. Um, how many of the you know the January six prisoners that are sitting in jail because they waived? They were tricked into waiving their right to a speedy trial. Exactly. It's a lot. A lot of them. Hundreds of them were tricked Here, into. Waving away their speedy trial right, so now they're rotting in jail. They do that a lot. Yeah, deceptive practices, and this, and they do it with with the uh, what was the other the summary the summary the summary judgment. The just because you have the right to a to a uh, trial by jury doesn't mean that you're going to get one if they trick you into waving that away, and then you're sitting in front of a judge, and the judge decides. Which I don't. I don't know how anybody would do that. I, I don't know what could be said to convince me that I want to go in front of a judge instead of a jury. But that's what they do. They do it a lot. If I may. And, and they do this just, by civil procedure. Rule of civil procedure is how they conduct business in these courts. And uh, Canadian courts, they, uh, they, 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 the definition of a person is someone is incapacitated. In other words, you can't conduct your own affairs, so you have to hire an attorney, and so that's that's, that's what they're trying to That's what a person is. And then you got a Black's Law, fourth edition, a definition of a U.S. citizen, a corporate entity. This is right there in our face, but you you ain't going to be able to do nothing about it because uh, yeah, that, that attorney is uh, he's following that rule of civil procedure. He's a, and that's the way he conducts business. He's the way he gets paid. And it's, you know, it's just, 
it's a big money racket, um, and uh, you know, and, you know, uh, they're, 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 they they follow their procedure, and it's all corrupt. Um, so you know, uh, the only way we want to do that is get back to the actual rules, uh, you know, law uh, courts at common law. They're not doing common law. They FDR changed that, you know, and uh, and, he, and they and it changed. He said we're not going to have nothing with military style courts. I don't care what you call them. And then thereafter, statutory all the common law cases uh, or uh, 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 they call it your your uh, your your, your uh, uh, proceedings, your your how you uh, how you your plaintiff and all that. That was changed from common law pleadings to statutory pleadings. A common law pleading is whenever, like, you know, if you have a violation in common law, it's a trespass. You trespassed on my on my Fourth Amendment rights, and that's mm-hmm. how you bring it, is a trespass. They do this totally different. You know, so it's all about statutory. That's all I got. I don't want to try to do this. I just want to show people this is, this is, a, this is a corruption. It's big money, and it's the way they engineered it from the top down. Yeah, it's been. Uh, it's been it's definitely, thank you for calling. It's definitely been uh, morphed into something unintended. Not it's not what it was supposed to be. It's not what it was framed to be, and that's why I, you know, I'm hoping that some of these recent decisions by our courts are bringing our constitutional rights back to us. I hope that. Um, Brian and Debbie McCartney over in the Facebook chat room are wrong when they said our constitution is not coming back. I'm, I'm hoping they're wrong and that we're, we're starting the slow, gradual process of bringing it back. It took over 100 years for us to lose all of our rights. We're not going to get them back in a weekend. It's going to be a slow, long, drawn-out process. Pat and Fort Worth on line five, welcome back. Hi, Peter. I just wanted to uh, well tell people that there's a, there are some apps on, uh, you put on your phone uh, that, that have the Constitution. Uh, one shows just like an American flag, and uh, that'll give you a breakdown of, of all, every, all the issues and everything and, and other things about it. One thing. And, and uh, you can go there and look at it yourself in, in a heartbeat, you know. So uh, I wanted to say that. Plus, I want to say for all the people who come on and they say this, this is what really happened. Uh, I wish they would tell us where they're getting it. If you get it from CNN, you know what they call CNN? They call it GNN. <laughs> so I want to know where they're getting it because sometimes when I go to Conservapedia and I want to see. What's a Christian point of view of it? I may have to go through 25 or 30 uh, entries before I find what I'm looking for. But it's worth it. Yeah. It's it's, worth it. It, it is worth it to uh, to, to find yeah. the information. I, I have next to me a pocket constitution almost all the time. Like there, I swear there's a copy of the constitution in every room of my house. In, in one form or another. Here in my library, I've got leather-bound versions and paperback versions and, and explained, you know, like expanded explanation-type yeah. versions. I have several versions of the Constitution, um, and including the, you know, like poster size, looks like it was handwritten versions. Yeah. We just it, it we don't know it anymore. Haven't the, you the heard general... the... I'm 
Go ahead. No, no. You... The reason they don't want you to know cursive in school anymore is you can read the original documents yourself. <laughs> I have heard that. I have heard that one of the reasons that they've stopped teaching cursive is so that you can't read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights yourself. That That right. is one theory I have heard. But I still can. That was and... one of the main things I wanted people to do is tell us where you're getting this that you're so sure of. Because a lot of times I don't tell anything I know because I don't have it right there so I can tell them where I'm getting it. Right. You want the source. I yes, always appreciate I sources. Yeah, because then I can go look at it myself to see uh, what I think of it. Okay, that's mainly what I wanted to say. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much, Pat. Bye. All right. If, if you're watching in one of the video platforms, you may notice that there's a uh, well, there's a little thing on the screen that says defund the thought police. It's a bumper sticker that you can buy at liberty-lighthouse.com. Defund the thought police for $9. My, my newest item that I just recently added to my website is a, a T-shirt that says give me liberty or give me death, preferably liberty. And uh, that's $20. Liberty-lighthouse.com. I've got, I don't know, a dozen or so t-shirts. Some of them are funny. Some of them are serious. Some of them are quotes from our founding fathers. I've done a lot of work to my website over the last week. I have started to write articles again. I think I said that while I was talking to Brent Hamachek in the second segment. I have a new article being posted. Hopefully, if I can keep it up, I'm going to put up a new article every week. The one that I just posted yesterday or Tuesday was was the one that I've I already mentioned in the show. It's uh, reclaiming a constitutional government. I have do, 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 let me look. I can't remember what's when. Uh, anyway, it's loading. Sorry, please bear with me. Talk amongst yourselves for just a moment. Uh, so I have, I don't know, earlier in the week, I have the unconstitutional impact of the, the, uh, the Fed, the Federal Reserve, and then I have reclaiming the constitutional governments, governance. And then tomorrow, um, the unconstitutional impact of the Federal Department of Education will be posted up on my website, liberty-lighthouse.com. One of my guests, Mr. Mike Ford, who comes in once a month, he keeps asking me to write more. So I'm, I'm trying to do that, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it too. I greatly appreciate you going to check it out. And while you're there, check out some of the merchandise too. The Defund the Thought Police bumper sticker is one of my personal favorite items. Anyway, call-in show lines are open, 512-248-8252. Toll free 800-313-9443. Let's move on to something a little more fun. A little more fun and a little more funny. Uh, Did everybody see the DoorDash delivery driver who delivered a $20 pizza to a nice big house and then said to the person who who, uh, answered the door, said the lady that answered the door says, hey, this is a nice house for a $5 tip. And the lady said, thank you. And he said, you're welcome. F you. Except for he didn't say F. He actually used the word. 
the four-letter word. If you haven't seen the video, I'm going to try to grab it during the commercial break. I was unable to do that before we came on air, but I wanted to. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And it's bringing up the discussion of when to tip and when not to tip in our country. And that's, you know, that's valid. I mean, are you tipping on the total money spent for delivery drivers? So like this DoorGash guy, it was a $20 pizza, so a $5 tip is a 25% tip. That seems pretty good. Or are you tipping based on the service that's provided? Like how far did that delivery driver have to go to deliver that pizza? How far away was that pizza joint? And if it's, you know, 10 miles, it's $20 enough. So that's one way to look at it. And, of course, there's also the, we've become a tip-happy society for sure. Like, you go to a regular old coffee shop, and they flip around the little square cash register to you, and they want you to tip them for, well, for what? Making your coffee. You, you didn't, you're not bringing it to my table. You didn't have to come take my order. I wasn't sitting here for two hours while you came back and checked on me repeatedly. What service did you provide? You made me a coffee and handed it to me. And I got another take that I haven't heard anybody else talk about on that particular thing. It has to do with DoorDash specifically. Bring it up in three minutes on the other side of this commercial break. I've been sleeping on a MyPillow pillow for years, and a couple of years ago, I tried the MyPillow towels, soft and absorbent, wonderful bath towels. Recently, I got the My Giza Dream Sheets, and they are by far the best quality bed sheets I've ever owned. And while the quilt is pretty awesome, too, new products being added all the time at MyPillow.com, including sandals and slides and pajamas and, well, everything that you need for sleeping. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com to save yourself up to 66% off. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com. If you live stream, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is how this broadcast is being simultaneously sent to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and Rumble. Not only that, but your guests can also pair their video platforms with your broadcast and have your broadcast on your platforms and their platforms all at the same time. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream, and I'll save you $10 off for the premium service that I know you're going to want. That's liberty-lighthouse.com slash restream. This episode of Liberty Lighthouse originally aired as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network July 6, 2023. No phone calls are being taken at this time. It's the final segment here on uh, National Intel Report, Liberty Lighthouse. I'm still trying to download the clip. Having difficulties, you know, technical difficulties as usual. But uh, while we're back, we've got uh, Andy in Texas on line one. Andy, welcome to the show. 
Oh, hey, thank you, sir. I appreciate you letting me chime in here. You know, as far as those tips go, I, I, I find it, uh, you know, all these different tips that we do. You tip your limo driver. You tip your your uh, cab driver. You tip your waitress. You tip the women that you paid money to go see do their thing on the stage. You know, we're tipping, 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 and, and it seems to be a way of life in this particular moment. But my question is, is how are you going to do that? When uh, when the CDC CBDC comes in, when when we're doing nothing but digital here, that all right. goes away. Well, no, it won't. It won't go away. They'll they'll still you know they'll have your hey you can Venmo me, um, and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Okay, you'll still be able or to just tip them. Rub your phone together and give them a give them a dollar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, it, you'll yeah. So great. it'll it'll still it's happen, tough. but now the government will know exactly where every dollar where every dollar went. Um, and, yeah, my my issue the with the tipping thing is, you there are certain jobs that you tip for, and there are certain jobs that historically you didn't, and now the it seems that everybody wants a tip. Like what ten years ago, yeah. when you went to Starbucks, for example, and, and you got a coffee, you didn't tip the Starbucks person, and and now. They expect it, and it's not only not only do they expect to be tipped; they expect they expect to be tipped well. I don't know if you saw the video or, or the video or not, but I'm I'm going to play it here where it'll just be, you know, an audio version. Um, but uh, let's see how how this. She thought she'd left a fair tip for her pizza delivery, but the DoorDash driver didn't agree, and he let the homeowner have it with some not-so-nice language. So how much should you tip to avoid a similar run-in? It started as a normal pizza delivery. The delivery guy hands over the pizza, but he's clearly not happy with his tip, and he has some strong words for the homeowner. I just want to say, it's a nice house for a $5 tip. You're welcome. That was rude. The total cost of her order of breadsticks in a medium pizza, twenty-two seventy-eight. So the five dollars she gave the DoorDash delivery guy comes out to a twenty-two percent tip. Sounds pretty reasonable. Call him. A- so twenty-two percent seems pretty good in any situation. But I want to bring up. She should have gave him $44, the same price as the pizza, should have gave him that in a tip. Are you kidding me? That's today's world. That's what we have to do. Come on, right. Peter. It's, it's the entitlement of it. You've got a big, beautiful house. You can afford more than $5. Give me your money. That's, that's the attitude that this guy put off. The funny thing about it is, I don't know if you know how DoorDash works, but when you decide to do a DoorDash gig, one of my coworkers does this because he's bored. He, he's single. He lives alone. He works for the post office during the day, and then and then rather than just drinking all of his money away, he does this at night. So he says, "What happens is you go into your little app on your phone and you say, I'm ready to do work,' and then the app shows you available jobs around you, and you, as as the DoorDash delivery driver." You get to pick and choose which jobs you accept. And it tells you, before you accept the job, how much the tip is. So, 
This guy has absolutely no right to be angry. If it well, wasn't hey, enough, you know what? enough tip, he didn't have to take the job. Well, you know what, Peter? I mean, I mean, if the guy slips some extra pepperoni on there, maybe an extra five bucks on top of that five would have been okay. Or, or maybe he threw some cheese on there. That'd be like me being at a bar, and I know the girl's fixing me strong drinks all night long. Why? Because I'm tipping her well. And she's like, okay, instead of just the regular shot, she's dumping a little bit more in there. You can taste it. That's worthwhile for tipping. Or, or some girl gives you a little bit of attention at a strip club or something like that. Well, that's worth more when she gets on the stage for throwing some tips. But this guy didn't offer her anything at the door besides the damn pizza she ordered. And he wanted right. more. He, and he got he, 25%. <laughs> he did his job. He did not go Which above the job. For. I mean, un unless he showed up at the door like 33 seconds after that pizza came out of the oven. He didn't go above and beyond. He did his job. Do we honestly live in a society today where it's it's okay to expect a tip for doing your job? Yeah, entitlements, Peter. Entitlements. Everybody wants an entitlement. Think of all these people who are running around in California who are Newsom. Oh, we want to be the president. I'm Newsom. I'm coming. I'm coming to be your president. And he's got a tyrannical uh, state going on right now where you can go and rob people. You can go and smash cars and take stuff out of people's cars. Go into grocery stores, fill your grocery cart up, walk outside. As long as it's under a thousand dollars, you're good to go. I mean, we're in an entitlement. Now they're talking about reparations for black folks. And, and how do we determine? You know what? The Irish were our slaves, too. And they should be entitled to reparations. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. if, if we're going to go that route for reparations for slavery, we've got to do a whole lot of this. But look, it's entitlements. Everybody wants a free ride. Everybody. Anytime anybody Not brings everybody. up the idea of, 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 in, of reparations for, uh, for slavery in the United States... There are two points I want to bring up. Uh, the, the first two things that come to my mind is that there's like 150 countries in the world today that still have slavery. So um, why don't you focus on them? And the other one is that, I don't know, I seem to, I seem to think that 700,000 dead Americans, mostly white men, was a pretty the good war. amount of reparations for your freedom. No. Well, here's here's one for you, Peter. And, and, and the sad thing is, is that we don't realize it. We are the best slaves of all time because we actually believe we're free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're well, really not anymore. No, we're, I mean, we're uh, seriously not. <laughs> It, it, there's so 2. many ways. 2 million laws on the books. 2.2 million laws, Peter, on the books. Uh, I mean, personally, right now, what I'm saying might be against the law. And if it's not, it will be tomorrow when they pass it through the House and then the Senate, and boom, we're, we're off and running, you know? But we don't have to do that for laws anymore. We just get uh, some department or agency somewhere to do it. You know, we get, you're, they're going to, you know, the, the federal communications order. Yeah. <laughs> The, the Federal Communications Commission can say criticizing the government, or you know, you're not allowed to call call yourself a slave. That's illegal. Well, $500. The, 
the most strongest word in the English language, and I think it goes in a couple of different languages, but it's just two letters, it's no. And the problem is getting people to understand that, hey, just say no to this and the show's over. No, I'm not doing that. But you can't get everybody to do that. And that's the beauty of their plan that they've done. They've spent a lot of time dumbing us down. They've got us in a direction where they want us at. They own everything with Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street, and there's others in there. But these are our three main players. These these people own everything. You think they care about losing $40 billion with a Bud Light ad for some stupid transgender thing? Or do you think uh, that the, uh, the, the movie is really, you know, Disney's owned by these guys? Do you think they really care about losing their business? They're going to push whatever they want to push. They own it all, and I think people need to understand that. People, they own it all, and that's why they don't care whether they lose money here and there. They're talking about 22 point something trillion dollars between these three organizations, Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street. With that kind of cash, you've got to comprehend the trillions because just one trillion is a phenomenal amount of money. But you got $22 trillion worth of assets in their investment company, and they own all these controlling interests in all these different companies. You look at everything. Twitter, you think you think Elon Musk owns something. No, he doesn't. He, he, he's uh, the main purchaser, but uh, BlackRock owns most of that. Same thing with Tesla. All of this stuff, they own it all. We're in trouble, people. And these guys can push us in any direction they want. You know, Mike Rivero, uh, yesterday, he said, you know, by 2030, they said the fashion industry will be gone and all they'll be selling is uniforms. And, I, and he was like, no, you can't do that because the fashion industry has a whole lot of money. No disrespect to mm-hmm. Mike Rivero. But, but if Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street owns the fashion industry, which they do, they can put out nothing but uniforms. Now, of course, we'll always have our clothes until they wear out, but eventually we'll all find ourselves buying uniforms. Might not happen by 2030. But it's an interesting concept. We need to understand that these people, that was the whole idea with the Federal Reserve. That was the entire idea with the Federal Reserve. They wanted to get us to a fiat currency. Notice after 1971 with Richard Nixon's little pen writing thing and stuff, that we found ourselves in the midst of billionaires. Billionaires and billions and billionaires. And but Prior to that, we already had a couple of billionaires, which were the Rockefellers and Rothschilds, which I'm sure are trillionaires at this particular point because they own our our monetary system. Rothschild said a long time ago, give me the monetary system of any country, and I care not who makes the laws, and there you go. And there's where we're at. And now this fiat currency, and they're killing it now. The dollar's going down. And guess what? The Deagle report said something about um, um, they want a bunch bunch of us dead by 2025. Apparently, that's their projection. We're going to be down like 100 million people in our nation. And yet they're bringing in all these refugees. Is it replacement or is it a trap for everybody? Attract everybody to the the United States and then we just kill them all right here and now. Who knows what these people have planned? This is absolutely... was it Jefferson who said that uh, he feared bankers more than armies? Oh, absolutely. He did say that. He did say that. And there's a good read with uh, a story about Patrick Henry, which has a lot to do with 
uh, Thomas Jefferson. And there's some things people should know about Thomas Jefferson. That we're being told he's this great guy and stuff, but he did some pretty devious things, as did everybody back then. That did, it didn't get written about. Um, some stories have it, some stories don't. But either way you look at it, if we don't, because <laughs> there's not really a whole lot we can do right now. They, they, they mastered the whole flipping plan. Remember the, the statement from uh, Obama? I got two words for you. Predator drone. He wasn't directing that at just anybody. He was just directing it. I got two words for you. Talking about his daughters, I think. Don't mess with my daughters. I got two words for you. Predator drone. I, I took that very seriously. And look at the, pre- look at the drones they have now. Can you imagine yeah. a little uh, Amazon drone pulling up to your house because you said something bad on the radio and you think you're out there getting an Amazon package and they blow you up? I mean, this oh, is where uh, we're at. And, yeah, it sounds far-fetched, but that's where we're at. Well, I don't, I don't know if you listen, but there was a while back when I was, uh, I was talking about something that the post office has been doing. So as a rural mail carrier, the post office has been changing how our pay is evaluated. And so in the old days, about every year or two, they'd spend a week or two counting every piece of mail that I got and then extrapolate that out as an average. And that was based basically my salary until the next time they did that. Well, now they've gotten so that the little scanners that we carry to scan our packages now track freaking everything. And... They want to know, like, how far it is from the mailbox to the house. And so they, so they GPS traced us with the scanner for, you know, a week. And then we had to sit down, and it took like eight hours. You had to sit down at a computer, and you had to identify every one of the little breadcrumbs that the GPS thing tracked. You was like, this is where the mailbox is. This is where the front door is. This is where I park. This is where the mailbox is. This is where the front door is. This is where I park. For, you know, I get 700 mailboxes on my mailbox. So I had to do that 700 times. And, you know, here's a stoplight. Here's a railroad track. Here's a yield sign. Here's whatever. All of that stuff. And at first you think, okay, whatever. Makes the post office more efficient. Great. But then I got to thinking, the post office is part of the federal government. I don't like or trust the federal government. And I have just identified the front door of 700 people. And it's being done all across the country. So somewhere in some database in the post office computer systems is the front door, the the exact GPS coordinates of every front door in America. So when you bring up the whole Amazon Predator drone, I'm like, well... I know how they could do it. <laughs> oh, exactly, and and you, you can you can thank Tesla. Uh, let's not go with Elon Musk because he's a front man, just like Biden's the front man for our country. Bill Gates is the front man for vaccines. Dr. Fauci is the front man for medical history. Da 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 da. Whatever. But there's a whole master plan going on here, and it started a long time ago. And none of us can beat this right now. The only way we can beat this is if we get a collective together and they just say no, or we just we find a big collective, a nice little collective, and we start our own little society. And we say no to everything else that's going on. I don't see any way out of this, Peter. I really don't. But 
you know, the one thing I do know for sure is we're not getting a political way out of this. Donald Trump is not going to save us. Ron DeSantis is not going to save us. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is not going to save us. This is beyond political. George Soros bought most of all of this uh this uh, judicial system and stuff that we got. So no matter, even if they want to file a charge or whatnot, it'll be kicked out. Donald Trump had an obvious uh, uh, ruse in 2020. He went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, you have no standing. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I'm saying? So this this show's over for us, and it has to be, I don't, I don't want to be the, you know, Debbie Downer here, but the thing is, is that, look, until we, the people, organize and decide that we're in control of our lives, because right now we're letting the government control our lives. They control our inflation. They control all this stuff. We need to find new ways to barter. We need to find new ways to, you know, to communicate. I would love to get together in some sort of VFW or something like that, where cell phones are, and we we pat people down, have a conversation without a Bluetooth in the room, or or a, or a, a, a smart TV or anything like that. Just have a cabin, and let's just talk about what's going on in the world and see if we can't hammer something out that we could possibly do at least in our local community if we can't come up with something federally. I think there's a lot of stuff that we can be doing, but because we're so brainwashed and we have a we have a life, you have to get up tomorrow and go to work. So does everybody else. They got kids. Not they got to go to the soccer games. Yeah. We've also gotten lazy. I mean, let's think back to let's think back to 1775, 1776. Those guys all had jobs too. They they had their jobs that they had to do, and and you know think of life back then. There was when you weren't at work. You were chopping wood, and you had to chop wood year round in order to have enough wood for winter. And well, and not just had, wood for winter, but for cooking. Yeah, but that's what I mean. With wood. <laughs> really, you know, the amount of leisure time that we have today versus the amount of leisure time they had 250 years ago is insane, and we've just gotten lazy. I mean, I get home well, from work, let's say, you know, it, it varies from day to day. But let, So let's pick an average. And let's say I get home at 3 o'clock on average. Well, I don't go to bed until 9 or 10. So that's 7 to 8, you know, 7 hours, 6 to 7 hours after work where I'm home. I take an hour out of that for cooking and eating. So that's 5 to 6 hours a day. I don't really do all that much. In that five or six hours, maybe we go to the store, you know, maybe we do a project around the house. Other than Thursdays, when I've got this show and all the prep work that goes into it and all that kind of stuff, I, I don't do all that much after work. Hours of my day is relaxation time. They didn't have that 250 years ago, but we've gotten so accustomed to it today that we don't want to give that up to do something. If you look the Boston Tea Party, that that you know that that act of tyranny or treason or whatever King George called it, I don't know. That was over a two percent tax on one luxury item. That would have cost the colonies a grand total of like a hundred thousand dollars a year in today's money, like translated to like a hundred thousand dollars in today's money. 
Well, I can imagine. I can imagine because when I was a kid, I could buy 10 candy bars for a dollar. Right. Okay, so I can imagine what a penny was worth back in those days. You know what I'm saying? Because there was, there was no inflation back then. You know, it was worth what it was worth. And you could get all... like four or five candies for a penny back then or probably even more. We have come, we have become the exact tyrannical government that our founding fathers fought off and tried to protect us against. We give so much money to government. It's insane. I tried to figure it out. When I wrote my first book, Progress, really? I tried to calculate how much money we actually spend goes to government in some way or another. And some of it was pretty easy to calculate. Obviously, you know, your payroll taxes and your income taxes and Social Security and all that stuff, that's easy to calculate. The taxes that show up on your utility bills, those are easy to calculate. Sales tax was relatively easy to calculate. You just had to keep receipts for a while and, and figure it out after the fact. Gasoline tax, that was a little trickier because you had to figure out how much it was for per state versus for, for the feds, you know, but I, you know, that I could calculate it. The one point where, where I hit the brick wall of I can't figure this out is the corporate income tax that's embedded in the cost of everything that we buy. I figured out that I, I kind of, you know, I got to like 40, 45% of my income was going to the government in some way or another. And then I hit that, that corporate tax thing that I couldn't calculate. So let's just say 50% of our money goes to the fed, goes to government, whether it's state, local, federal, you know, property tax, register, registering your vehicles, paying for your drivers, like you know, all of these taxes and fees and registrations and nonsense, add that all together. And like half of your money goes to the government. Yes, and you know what, Peter? That's that's funny you should say that, because uh, 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 there's a guy out there who put it together very well. And if you actually technically take every tax you ever pay, your sales tax, your property tax, your income tax, this tax, that tax, all this tax and stuff, you actually come out in a hole by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in all in the Boston, you do, especially, yeah. and the Boston Tea Party was over. Two percent on one item. Our Revolutionary War. We threw off a king. Started our own government over taxes that were a small fraction of what we pay today. We wouldn't need. We wouldn't. We wouldn't need handouts and entitlements if we were allowed to keep our own money. Well, we wouldn't need handouts or, or, or entitlements if we owned our own places. Just think about this. What if we actually uh, engulfed uh, farming instead of trying to get rid of it? Instead of bringing in box stores where there's just a certain amount of farmers and then we cut up all this food or we, we make this bread and stuff. But we actually grew our own food. What if we engulfed that? What if we took on a barter instead of money, instead of cash? I mean, there's so many different directions we could have went, but these people decided to manipulate us using this cash thing. And that's mm-hmm. how they got control of us. And, and since we don't have a gold standard, we're screwed. Thank you, Peter, for the time. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you very much for the call, Andy. It's always a pleasure. You bet. 
All right. We've got, uh, I don't know, five or six minutes left in the show. If anybody else wants to call in, 512-248-8252. Toll free at 800-313-9443. I think Andy's right. I, I, it was the money. It was taking over the, the, uh, the entire monetary system of our government that really gave them the control, them, the, whoever the they are, the, the political elites, the industry elites, the rich people, whatever it is, whoever the, the group is that it's, that's ruling everything, they did it through the money. You know, it could be because of the income tax where they completely flipped how the federal government gets paid. Remember, prior to 1913, when the federal government needed money, they had to basically send bills to the states that were apportioned based on the population of the state. The state decided how to collect that money, and then the state paid it to the federal government. Then, you know, 1913, 16th Amendment, IRS created, income tax created, and now the federal government can bypass the apportionment, reach right down into your paycheck and take that money. Now all the money goes to the federal government, and a big portion of it gets divvied back out to the state governments on, in the carrot and stick format. Hey, we'll give you this money if you do this whatever green agenda item. Or we won't give you this money unless you, you know, I don't know, ban cigarettes or ban flavored st- cigarettes. Or in the case of Ronald Reagan, you're not going to get your all of your federal highway money unless you raise your drinking age it's all about money the the fact that the money isn't on a gold standard anymore gives them the control of how much it's worth and how much to print and all of that and the fact that our tax dollars go to the federal government and get divvied back out in carrot and stick form back to the state governments gives them that power and that same year, the 17th Amendment, when they changed how the senators elected, basically robbing the state legislatures of all of their power in Washington, D.C., destroying the, the uh, sovereignty of the states and their one mechanism of standing up against the federal government. So now they control the money with money as power. We all know that, right? Money is power. There's a really interesting video out there. It's several years old now, and it was done by one of the, I want to say it was an Ivy League university. I don't remember. I'm going to have to find the video again, bring it in. I've used it in the show before. I'm going to have to talk about it again. But it's about the, the, uh, the influence of money in politics. See, it doesn't matter how popular an idea is. It doesn't matter how common sense an idea is a bill presented in Congress has let's say a 20% chance of making it no matter how popular it is that how the likelihood of a bill passing only changes when there's significant money put behind it that's a problem we're going to talk about that here on on a show real soon Hey, if you're listening live on Republic Broadcasting Network, stay tuned for uh, Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett. Thanks to uh, Brent Habachek, my guest, for joining us this evening. 
Thank you, Mike, my producer. Can't do the show without you. Thank you, my listeners and callers. You're why we do this show. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. We must take America back. We must take America back. Nobel Prize nominated for his COVID-19 treatment protocols, the late Dr. Zelenko created Z-Stack to help boost your immune system. And when you order Z-Stack, you're not only boosting your immune system, you're also supporting Freedom Fighters Foundation. So boost your immune system by going to ZStackLife.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Be healthier. Support the Freedom Fighters Foundation. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at ZStackLife.com. Mike Lindell did it again with MyStore.com. MyStore.com is where you can go to find American-made products from American companies started by American entrepreneurs. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com to support Mike Lindell, American entrepreneurs, and this program. That code again is LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com.